Praise the Lord. Welcome to the Lively Stone Temple Experience, where we want you to experience the power of the true and living God. Welcome to the Lively Stone Temple Experience. We are one church in four locations. Please visit LivelyStoneTemple.org for additional information. This message was recorded on September 19th, 2021. The Word of God is being brought forth by Elder Joseph Lee Taylor Jr. I want to read Psalm chapter 14, verse 1 of the King James Version, and it reads, The fool hath said in his heart, There is no God. Amen. The Bible proves itself to be true. When I look at the condition of the world, when I look at my life, and then when I read the Bible, the Bible makes plenty sense. The reason why a lot of people reject the Bible is because it challenges their lifestyle. Amen? If you are ever in the Columbia, South Carolina area, we would love for you and your family to come join us. We are located at 51 Berkshire Drive, Columbia, South Carolina, 29223. Sunday school starts at 10 a.m. and worship service starts at 1115 a.m. We want to thank you for your support and tuning in. Thank you for your time. We love you and God bless you. Thank you. We're still in the safest place he could be. You know, in the church, we're going to have to deal with some lions and some tigers and some bears. Oh, my. But you are still in the safest place that you can be. You better stick with the church. You better stick with God's church. This is the ark of safety. This is the place of keeping. This is the place of power. And you have an inheritance among those that are what? Sanctified. Anybody glad to be sanctified this morning? A, a, a sanctified life is something else. Um, one of my favorite preachers, my favorite Bible teacher of all time. You're going to hear me talk about him a lot. You probably heard me talking about him before. Bishop George Washington Ayers, G.W. Ayers, and I admired his teaching ministry. He used to always sing a song, a hymn called A Sanctified Life, and he said, I'll sing you a song of a sanctified life, a life that is free from all sin. It's a beautiful life, free from envy and strife, for Jesus is dwelling within. He said, for Jesus is dwelling within and keeping the soul pure and clean. I wish I could find a more excellent way. But you know what? We can't find a more excellent way than one that we have. Said, I wish I could find a more excellent way where it cometh no envy and strife. But we have found that way. And God has placed us in the way. And I'm glad about it this morning. I'm not going to beat your patience to death. I appreciate you all coming here. But let's go to John. Two scriptures I want this morning. Actually, three. But we're going to deal with all three of them this morning. Sister Mary, you going to be praying for me? I tell you what, I make it. I can make it now. Sister Mary here praying for me. Sure. Sister Evans, you gonna be praying for me. Sister Amber, you gonna be praying for me. Sister Sister Zimmerman, you gonna be praying for me. Digging Dobe, you praying for me. Child, I reckon I'll make it. I reckon I'll make it. All right. John chapter eight. I want to go there first, and then I want to go to Second uh, Timothy. Second uh, Timothy, chapter one. In verse, no, First Timothy, rather, excuse me. First Timothy chapter, let me see here. One moment here. Bear with me. Excuse me, Second Timothy 1 and 7. Second Timothy 1 and 7, and then I'm going to go to First John chapter 4 and verse 18. 
John 8 and 36, 2 Timothy 1 and 7, and 1 John 4 and 18. And we're going to deal with those this morning. Amen. If the Lord help us, we'll deal with those this morning. 1 John chapter 8 and verse 36, it says, And if the Son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. Can we all read that together? If the Son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. Let's read that one more time. Let's read it with some authority. If the Son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. Let's go on over to Timothy. Let's go on over to 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 2, and we want verse, 2 Timothy chapter 1 rather, and verse 7. 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7. Are we there? Can I get some amens if we're there? All right, amen. 2 Timothy 1 and 7. Let's read that together, and let's read with some authority. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Amen. First John chapter four and verse 18. First John chapter four and verse number 18. First John four and 18. If you're there, say amen. Amen. Let's read that together and let's read it with some authority. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. Amen. Join me in a word of prayer. Heavenly God, our Father, I'm asking you, Lord, to help us in here this morning, God. This ain't about me, but it's about your people, God. I'm asking you to bless me and anoint me to minister unto those that made the sacrifice to be out here, God. I ask you that I might decrease so that you may increase all the more, God. I want you to throw your weight around in here, Jesus, and I want you to have your way, God. God, I'm asking you, Lord, to right now create in me a clean heart and renew the right spirit within me, God. I'm asking you, God, to let the, to let the devil be terrified and and let you be glorified in this place, God, in the name of Jesus. Satan, the Lord, rebuke you right now by the authority of the Holy Ghost and the power and strength of the name of Jesus. And we bind a strong man in this place right now. And we say, God, we want you to have your way. And Satan, you have no authority in this building. I, I, I command you not to whisper in the ear of those that have made the sacrifice to be here. But we are here to this morning to declare war on you and on your kingdom through God and his holy scriptures. And God, I ask you, God, to let someone be able to say that it was worth the trip coming out here this morning, that they were glad that they came. God, let the word minister to someone on this morning. You said in Isaiah that your word will not return unto you void, God. We want your word to go out and accomplish what you have sent it to do and to prosper into the place where you have sent it. And we thank you and we love you. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Can we celebrate Jesus for a few minutes? Amen. Hallelujah. This morning, I, I, want to, I want to help us this morning. And I want to talk from the topic, freedom from fear. Freedom from fear. I believe that in the devil's arsenal, that fear is one of the greatest tools that he has. I once read in college that greater than 75% of the stuff that we worry about happening never even happens. 
greater than 75% of the stuff that we worry about happening never even happens. Okay, say, say, say that. Just, just, just like get real, like a real, like, you know, look on your face like it never even say that. Say, it never happened. Just say that. Say, it, it never happened. I was worried about it and it what? It never happened. It, anybody ever been there before? You were beating your eyes out. You were crying. Your pillows were soaked with tears. And the very thing that you were worried about, what? It what? Never happened. It never happened. It is a trick of the adversary to use tactics like this to get us off kilter, to get us off, get us off base. And he uses fear. I, I, I have come to find out that there is, I believe that there is probably no greater inhibiting force on this earth that will prevent you from going forward in God like fear can. We live in a day and age where there are so many things to be afraid of. September 19th, we are a few days removed from the anniversary of September 11th. I was in Miss Nettles' freshman ninth grade English class when this happened. Amber, you remember Miss Nettles? I was in her English class when this happened. And, you know, back then uh, when, when we were coming along, they, they didn't have TVs on the wall. They rolled the TV in on the cart. And they bring that card in there, yeah. And, and normally when they roll that TV in on the card, we think it's going to be a good day. We, oh, we, finna watch, we finna watch a movie or something. We ain't finna turn in no work today. Boom. But then we found out that when she, she ran out the classroom to get the TV, came back and she said, I heard that the World Trade Center had just been bombed. And then a few minutes later, while we were watching the TV, the second plane hit the second tower. And then a few minutes later, we found out about the plane hitting the Pentagon. And then a few minutes, and so at that moment, we were in panic. This stuff was happening in Washington, D.C. and in New York. We're all the way in Walterboro, South Carolina, and parents are signing their children out of school, coming to get their kids, because we have no idea where, where, who's going to be next. Somebody say fear. That's what that is. We had no idea what was happening. I watched adults look at that TV screen and weep. I was listening to a documentary the other day about what was going on. They did a new documentary on the September 11th attacks on uh, National Geographic. And it was good, but it was gut-wrenching and heartbreaking. One of the uh, firefighters who were, that were out there, they declared that while they were standing outside getting ready to walk in the building, they began to hear loud thuds, boom, boom, boom. And they didn't know what the thuds were until they looked around and noticed that there were bodies that jumped out of the windows of those buildings that were landing on the ground. Fear. That was one of the most fearful days in American history, wasn't it? And, 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 and to this day, to this, and can you imagine the fear that were in the minds of the people that were on those planes. Can you imagine being someone on the 80th floor of one of those towers standing by a water cooler and all of a sudden you look up and the 747 is heading toward your window and you've got nothing that you can do about it. Fear. It is the adversary's job to introduce one thing to be afraid of after the other in order to paralyze us. Fear is a paralyzing force. 
Fear has a way of immobilizing you. The very fear can grip you for so long until when God actually decides to bless you, you won't even notice it. You won't even be willing to receive it. Anybody remember the man at the pool of Bethesda that he had been there for more than 30 plus years waiting for the angel to come and trouble the water. And one day Jesus comes along and says, man, wilt thou be made whole of thy infirmity? And he said, I'd love to. But every time the angel comes along to trouble the water, someone steps down in front of me and I cannot be healed. Now, mind you, Jesus never asked him, are you having trouble getting in the water? Jesus never asked him, is anyone stepping in front of you? Jesus never asked him, is anyone else preventing you from being delivered or being blessed or being healed of your infirmity? What Jesus asked him was, are you sick of it? Will you be made whole? Are you ready to come out of this? But he had been trapped in the fear of his situation for so long that he did not even know how to respond without responding in fear. Some of us have been dealing with things that we are so afraid of that it torments us. That it follows us everywhere we go. Aren't you tired of going to bed with that thing and dreaming about it and waking up and thinking about it? And I, I want to let you know that fear is something that the devil has used from the very beginning of the dawn of time of mankind. For we read in the book of Genesis that after God in the Genesis, the second chapter, we see here that God is giving instruction to them, to Adam and Eve and say that all the trees of the garden thou mayest freely eat except for the tree in the middle of the garden of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Don't eat of that for the day that you eat of it. Ye shall surely what? Die. That's going to be the end of it. But what's interesting here to me is that Adam and Eve were in a dispensation of innocence. They had no idea what death was. So why would death even put fear in them? And so this is interesting that it would be worded that way. But the fear, the actual fear is not introduced into their lives until they disobeyed God. Because the Bible says that he, the serpent came and he beguiles Eve and she takes up and she looks and saw that the tree was one to be desired and one to make one wise that she took of the tree and did eat. And she gave to her husband that was with her. That's what Genesis chapter two has declared. And then immediately the Bible says their eyes were open and they realized that they were what? Naked. And God comes to talk to them and as he normally does because he has a standing date conversation to commune with them. And won't you know it, saints? He says, Adam, where art thou? Cannot find him. Doesn't know where he is. He know God knows where he is. It's a lot like this. If I tell Deacon Zimmerman, if I call him and I we have set up a date to meet at the Walmart at seven o'clock. And I go to the Walmart at seven o'clock and at seven uh, at seven fifteen, I'm there. But Deacon Zimmerman's not there. And then at seven twenty, I'm there, but he's not there. And at seven thirty, I'm there, but he's still not there. So I call him on his job at his office and he picks up the phone and I say, Deke, where are you? It's not that I don't know where he is. I called his office and he answered. He's clearly at the office. But what I'm trying to figure out is why aren't you where you're supposed to be? And that's what God is seeking out from Adam. Why aren't you where you're supposed to be? And Adam says uh, that that tree, we ate of that tree. Uh, no, he didn't say that. He said, I was naked. 
And I was afraid, so I, I did what? I hid myself. Never had they had to be afraid of God. Never had they be, were they ever tormented by the voice of God. The voice of God walked in the cool of the garden with them, and they enjoyed sweet fellowship and communion with God. Never had they ever had to cower in darkness and fear from their creator. Never had they ever had to tremble when they heard his voice. Never had they ever had to get that weird eerie feeling that goes down your back when you are afraid but all of a sudden out of nowhere they're afraid of the God that they had always spoken to this is the trick of the adversary he wants you to be so afraid when you mess up that you try to hide from God the devil has been using fear from the very beginning and then once you mess up he wants to set fear into your heart he wants to set fear into your mind because he realizes that the only one that can fix it is God and so I need to get you afraid to approach God I need to get you bound and bogged down in what you have just done if the devil can get convince you to sin and he gets you to meditate on it you'll be afraid of God if the devil can convince you to lie and not repent you'll lie and lie and lie and before you know it you'll feel begin to feel like you're too dirty to come back to God that you're too jacked up to come back to God that you're too messed up to come back to God and so as we read our Bibles here we see that this is the condition that Adam and Eve found themselves in fear has set in now and they're doing things that they had never done before they had never made garments for themselves before they had never tried to plead with God before they had never blamed each other for each other's wrong doings before as a matter of fact they had done no wrong up until the point that they did some wrong they are beginning their lives are beginning to change now and it's all because of fear that has entered at by, by by way of sin fear will cause you to do things that you never thought you would do some of us in here have gotten a lot of financial debt because of fear some of us know people that have children out of wedlock because of fear some of us know people that have quit coming to church because of fear. Some of us know people that have turned their backs on God because they were told that God was a deliverer. They have not been delivered yet. And so they fear begins to set in and they'll say, I'll begin to try to fix this situation on my own. And that's what Adam and Eve's fear did. It led them to say, you know what? I'm just going to cover myself. But how many of you know that when you mess up and when you sin, you cannot fix it yourself. You cannot cover yourself. All of your righteousness is at filthy rags before the Lord. There's no situation that I can, sinful situation that I can find myself in where I can make myself so good that I can pull myself out of it. The only reason you came out of the mess that you did come out of is because God who was rich in grace and mercy decided to snatch you and pull you out. And I know that when I'm afraid, I want God to snatch me out. I don't care if he got to snatch me out by the seat of my britches. I need him to snatch me out. I don't care who's God, who God has to remove in order for me to come out of it. I need him to remove them. I don't care what he has to take away from me in order for me to come out of it. I need him to take it away because I cannot have my life for Christ described and marked by fear. Fear is going to mess you up. Then we live in a day 
in an age where fear is marketed all around us. Uh, horror movies are a multi-billion dollar industry. There was a TV show that used to be on called The Fear Factor. And then there are certain um, there are certain things that people do. Adrenaline junkies do think jumping out of airplanes and whatnot and things like that so they can use fear as adrenaline to get them excited because they find fun in it. But the Bible says that fear has torment. We have conditioned ourselves to fall in love with fear. We have conditioned ourselves to find fear funny. We have conditioned ourselves to enjoy fearful things and dismiss them as if we have totally forgotten that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, rulers of darkness of this world, and spiritual wickedness in high places. The devil has used our age. The devil has used media so that he can repackage fear. He repackaged something that the devil created and that the devil uses in order to make it more palatable unto us. But that is how the devil lulls you to sleep. That's how he gets you to do foolish things. But I am so glad to know that I don't have to be bound by fear anymore. That God is able to break the chains of fear that are upon my life. I've got ministry that I got to do, sister, and I can't do it afraid. Deacon Zimmerman, I've got work that I got to do for the Lord and I can't be bogged down in fear. How many of you have had, your ministry has been on hold because you will not stop walking in fear? How many of you have not been able to confront people that need to be confronted because you will not stop walking in fear? How many of you have yet to cast out that demon that's been tormenting your child, tormenting your husband, tormenting your body? Because you have not got the courage to, to dismiss that fear. But you ought to lay hands on yourself right now and say, I cast it, I command this fear to leave me right now in the name of Jesus. I command it to go out. God has not given me this spirit. Anything that comes to me that's not from God, I'm sending it right on back, just like I do at the restaurant. If I order a steak, don't send me chicken. I'm sending it right back. I've got to tell the devil. I didn't order this and I'm not going to eat it. I didn't order this and I'm not going to drink it. I didn't buy this. So return to sender. I am not going to serve an all powerful God and live in fear. I'm not going to serve the God that said let there be light and be afraid. I'm not going to serve the God that came in the flesh suffered, bled and died for my sins and then walk around here like I don't have the power of the Holy Ghost rest ruling and abiding on the inside of me greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world I can do all things through Christ that strengthened me don't you remember what he commanded Joshua he said Joshua my servant Moses has died and I'm getting ready to raise you up to be over the people of Israel so here is my command unto you here is my dictate unto you here is my initiative unto you be only be thou strong and very courageous and as I was with Moses, so shall I be with you. You don't have any reason to be afraid, Sister Mary, because God is with you. You got no reason to be scared, Deacon Dobie, because God is with you. I don't care what the adversary tries to bring your way. I've got no reason to be afraid. I read, I read throughout my Bible and I see, especially when Jesus is on the scene in the New Testament times, uh, that the devil is beginning to 
act a flat out fool. We see folk possessed by demons in ways that we never thought we would see them. We see uh, 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 demo the demoniac son. We see him out there tied up with, and he's so strong and strongly possessed by demons that he's breaking chains and tossing people. And the father says that every now and then he goes into convulsions and start foaming at the mouth. And every now and then he throws himself into the fire. Can you imagine being a father sitting down talking to your son? Can you imagine being a mother sitting down talking to your son? And all of a sudden your son throws himself into the fire. And all of a sudden your son begins to writhe on the floor. And all of a sudden your child begins to foam at the mouth. That's the devil trying to put fear in you. Ah, but I'm so glad that when Jesus came along, he said, hold your peace and come out. You don't have to bargain with the devil when it's time to cast him out. You don't have to figure out what he's got going on, how long you've been here. God has not given you the spirit of fear. Stand up in the authority of the Holy Ghost and say, shut up and come out right now. Hallelujah. The God of the universe is inside my soul. Oh, and I've got the power to cast out this foul. Don't you remember what he said? That you shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. He said, in my name, you shall cast out not devil, but devils. Hallelujah. You've got the authority now. You've got the power now. You've got no reason to walk in fear. I am. I cannot testify about what my, myself. This is something that's been all uh, I've been dealing with myself. The adversary has been. I'm living in one of the most blessed seasons of my life and the devil does not like it. And I'm going to go ahead and testify right now in front of all the saints uh, that God has blessed me this year in the middle of a pandemic. God has taken care of my business. I ain't wanted for nothing. I ain't begged for nothing. I ain't crawled around on the floor for nothing. I ain't never seen a light turn off. I ain't never seen a phone bill not paid. I ain't never missed a meal. Y'all can look at me and tell that. I ain't never had to, I ain't never had to beg for no cash money. I ain't never had to ask for nothing because God has taken care of me this year because he has chosen to bless me. And I'm so glad. And the devil don't like it. How many of you know that the devil don't like it when God's blessing you? The devil don't, and especially when you are blessed and you're willing to be a blessing to someone else. The devil says now I've got to get in his mind. I've got to get in her mind. Everything that God gave you now the devil wants to say you know what it happens. What are you going to do if you lose it tomorrow? What are you going to do if you lose that job tomorrow? But said the devil tried to tell me the other week uh, that we, we shut down for the pandemic for two weeks uh, and the devil tried to tell me that your job's not going to be available when you get back. But saints of God not only was my job available when I got back but last week they started talking talking to me about promotion. Don't tell me that I've got to live in fear. All I got to do is trust in God. Hallelujah. When the devil brings something to your mind, cast it out in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Because God does not want you bound by this thing. And I, the Lord has been blessing me in ways that what the devil knows is uh, he can't get us with false doctrine. Mm -hmm. He can't get us that way. He can't come to us and tell us you baptism in Jesus name is wrong. We ain't going for that. He can't tell us you don't have to speak in tongues. We ain't going for that. He can't tell us that that foolishness. Uh, so what's he going to do? He's going to get in your mind and try to attack you. Can I tell you something? Everything that the devil is doing in your life is just a mind game.
game. Hallelujah. That no wonder Paul said, I beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of God that present your bodies a living sacrifice, uh, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Uh, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the what? Renewing of your mind. Because the devil is getting ready to play with your mind. The one thing, the one thing that you struggled with when you were in the world, the devil's going to remind you of it. The one thing that you are sure that God has delivered you from, Satan's going to remind you of it every chance that you can get. You know good and well that you you don't, you don't plan on drinking again, but he knew you used to be your old nasty stinking drunk. So he's going to tell you every time you get upset, boy, it sounds like what you need is a drink. You know, if you could just get a little sip, you'd be all right. Satan, the Lord rebuke you. And you know, if you sit there and listen to it long enough, that thing will torment you. That thing will get in your mind. That thing will get in your dreams. That thing will get in your spirit and follow you everywhere you know. I've been so beaten down by fear before that I thought that I was going to die. I said, Lord, I'm sick of this. If you ain't going to get this burden up off me, Lord, then just get me up out of here. Because I was sick of speaking in tongues and being afraid. I was sick of laying hands on folk and being afraid. I was sick of studying the word of God and being afraid. But as soon as I realize who is on the inside of me, that's why the devil fight in your mind. He doesn't care about who you are. He just doesn't want you to recognize who's inside of you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, praise the name of our God. Lord, I praise you. That's what the devil wants now. He wants you to forget who's on the inside. He wants you to forget who's on the inside. And so he's going to scare you out of what you have. Hallelujah. That's why when you read the Bible, sometimes you find out whenever Jesus shows up, that's when demons really start going crazy because that's their last trick. Demons only manifest themselves when they know they're on their way out because they're trying to scare you away from them. But we ain't got to be scared of no demons. Jesus wasn't scared of them, and I ain't going to be scared of them either. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, praise the name of our God. Oh, thank you, Jesus Christ. We don't have to be afraid. And so what the devil wants to do is the one thing that God gave you that you prayed for for so long. You fasted for it for so long. God sent a word through the man of God and said, not many days hence, you'll have it. God sent a word through the woman of God saying, not many days hence, you will have it. And wouldn't you know it just like God said, it's showed up and you're enjoying it now and the one thing that kept you from getting it before the devil's going to try to bring it up now remember you didn't have the job to take care of it before but now God has blessed you with it and the devil's going to remind you of how you felt when you were broke the devil's going to remind you of how you felt during those awful low moments in your life but we have to remember that the blessing of the Lord maketh rich and addeth no sorrow uh, don't let the devil play mind games with you. Don't let him fool with your mind. Don't let him lie to you. John 8 and 44 says that he was a liar from the beginning because he abode not in the truth and he is the father of lies. He's the father of them. Can I tell you all something right now? The devil and his kingdom is sitting down somewhere trying to manufacture a lie just to feed you because he sees what God is doing in your life and he's going to 
to use it to make you afraid to walk in God. Can I tell you all something? I don't care what kind of environment you were saved from. I don't care if you used to be a prostitute. If God calls you back there, you ain't got to be afraid that you want to go back into it. God's going to give you the strength to, to sustain yourself while you're over there. You don't got to be afraid of nothing that God brought you out of. God's going to give you the strength to do it. God's giving you the resolve to do it. God's giving you the power to do it. God's giving you the grace to do it. God's giving you the love to do it. God's giving you the wisdom to do it. I'll touch yourself and say, I'll go wherever he tells me to go. I'll go wherever he tells me to go. I got no reason to be afraid when God is with me. And so now, when the devil encapsulates you with fear, he wants to, how he wants to do it now is uh, he wants to get you afraid by yourself. That's what he wants to do. One, uh, 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 first, uh, in my opinion, the first cousin of fear is isolation. That's what the devil wants. He wants you afraid and by yourself. That Why do you think the devil got you mad at the saints all the time? Because he knows that's where your strength is. And so he wants you afraid and away from from the saints because he knows that the strong are going to bear the infirmity of the weak. He knows that we're going to be praying for you. He knows that we're going to be I, I don't understand the saints be going through getting their behind whoop and don't tell nobody. Tell the saints so we can pray for you. Let us help you out. My God baby if you're that weak call for somebody. Hallelujah. And the devil wants you just like Goliath did when he was fighting uh, against the, uh, God's army and he would go out in the middle of the field, the battlefield and say, send me out, amen. He didn't want a whole army. He didn't want a whole group. He just wanted one man because he was almost 10 feet tall and big as a country bear. And so he just wanted to stand over one man and instill fear in him. Because if I can get him to look at how big I am, he'll get afraid and run away. But how many of you know, I don't care how big the devil gets, my God is bigger. Hallelujah. I don't care how big the lie is, the truth is bigger. I don't care how big the fear is. Uh, my sound mind is bigger and greater in Jesus Christ. Uh, the devil wants you by yourself uh, because when you're alone with your thoughts, you begin to say, you begin to cry, woe is me. When you're alone with your thoughts, you don't see your way out. Uh, when you're alone with the fear, you, you are totally convinced you are about to die. You've been coughing all of your life, uh, but now that the pandemic is here, you think you got COVID. You don't know what's going on. You're sitting in your house. You're terrified. You don't know what's going to happen in your life. You don't know what, what's going to come today or tomorrow. And the devil wants you to sit at home and think about it. He wants you to close your Bible. He wants you to quit fasting. He wants you to quit praying. He wants you to say, ain't nothing going down over there at that church. And so he can get you isolated by yourself. But how many of you know that God's getting ready to pull you out of that dark place right now? And he's getting ready to tell you to lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. And so now you find yourself in a situation where you are bound by the fear of your past, or maybe bound by the fear of what is happening, or bound by the fear of what will happen. But I'm reminded that Jesus says in John 8 and 36 that if the Son shall make you free, 
you shall be free indeed. Anybody in here knows what it feels like to be free in Jesus? Can I help you out and remind you here of what, of how Jesus accomplished your freedom? He was sitting on his throne in heaven as the almighty God one day. And he said, when I looked down and I saw that there was no intercessor to go between man and myself, I needed to institute something to free these bound people. And so what he looks down and sees the drug addict that wants a way out. He looks down and sees the prostitute that wants to get off the streets. He looks down at the depressed person that wants to be free from depression. He looks down at the person that's stuck in alcoholism and is too afraid to come out of it because they're afraid that if they'll come out, they'll go right back in. He looks at the person that went through mommy and daddy issues. He looks at the person that was molested as a child and he says, I've got to do something, but there's no one in the earth that can do it. There's no one that's good enough to accomplish it because all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And there is no, not, there's none righteous, Deke. No, not one. There's got to be a righteous sacrifice. There's got to be a righteous lamb that not only can die, but can send back power to the folk that he died for. Jesus didn't just die, but he was buried, rose again, and sent back power for you. Because he knew that if you're going to be blessed on the other side of fear, the only way you can do it is if I empower you to do it. How many of you know that there is a blessing on the other side of what you're afraid of? If you could just get bold one more time, if you could just fast one more time, if you can just call on the name of the Lord one more, come on, come on, you got it in you, you can do it. Don't you give up right there. You done fasted too much to give up there. You done prayed too much to give up there. It's time for you to muster up the strength one more time and tell yourself, if I make it on the other side of this mountain, you got to pray and say, God, give me this mountain, Lord. Inez Andrews used to say, Lord, you don't have to move my mountain, but give me the strength to climb. Lord, if you ain't going to move it, give me the grace to climb over it, God. Give me the grace to make it on the other side of this. I'm tired of being afraid. I'm tired of dealing with this. I'm tired of being hurt. I'm tired of being scared. I'm not going to be scared no more. Somebody shout, I'm not afraid. Shout it, say I'm not afraid. Uh, say it to the devil. Say, Satan, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid anymore. I'm going to make it out of this. I'm going to make it out of this. Uh, there's joy on the other side of what's scaring you. There's peace uh, on the other side of what's scaring you. Jesus made sure of it uh, when he came in the flesh. Uh, he saw that there was no intercessor, so he became the intercessor himself. Uh, I may he wrap himself in some human flesh for you and I and he suffered, bled and died but before he suffered I remember that he was somewhere in a garden called Gethsemane and it was almost time for him to be whipped beaten and bruised for our sins and to suffer, bleed and die. And he's in the garden of Gethsemane and he's, he took some of his disciples with him and he said, stay right here and wait while I go pray. And he went, y'all 
responded to pray and he prayed to the Father, God, uh, if there be another way, God, let this cup pass from me. What is he saying? In my flesh, I am afraid. I don't want to suffer like this, Father. I don't want to bleed like this, Father. I don't want to be beaten like this, Father. I don't want to be have the beard plucked out my face, Father. Father, don't you know that they're going to place a crown of thorns upon my head? Father, don't you know that they're going to beat me in the face? Father, don't you know that they're going to carry me from judgment hall to judgment hall? And they're going to bring false witnesses in to lie on me. Father, don't you know that they're going to flog me with the cat of nine tails? And they're going to basically cause me to be gorged and dang near bleed to death. Father, don't you know, don't you know, Father, that they're going to whip me? Don't you know that they're going to put the cross beam on my back and make me carry it to Golgotha's hill? Don't you know that they're going to put nails in my hands? Don't you know that they're going to put nails in my feet? Don't you know that I'm going to be embarrassed? Don't you know that I've got to endure this thing? And he keeps on praying. And finally he says, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. On the other side of the fear is the blessing of the will of God. And so Jesus went on through it. Hallelujah. He found himself suffering for the people of God. He found himself out there in the middle of the night suffering and being whipped for us. But the Bible declares for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross despising the shame. He saw you being free from the fear that the devil was going to try to bring on you. And he went on through it. I'm so glad that Jesus went on through it. Oh my God. If I was at the bottom of the cross and someone that knew Jesus, I'd be down there crying saying, Jesus, I love you. Don't let them whoop you like this. Don't let them do you like this. You've done nothing wrong, Jesus. You've done nothing wrong. You never told a lie. You never fornicated. You never committed adultery. You never broke the law. You always kept God's commandments. Come down, Jesus. I don't want to see you like this. I don't want to see you mutilated. You look like a piece of meat on the cross. But if Jesus could talk back to me, he say, son, you got no idea what you're saying. I've got to go through this. Elsewise, you will be afraid for the rest of your life. You will live under the curse of the law. And the Bible declared that that curse is that the soul that sent it, it shall surely die. But I'm so glad that Jesus became a curse for me so that I would not be cursed anymore. And now he comes uh, and he buys me out of sin uh, with his sacrifice that he made. Uh, and he goes into the heavens uh, and pours out the blood on the mercy seat. Uh, and he comes back uh, and he gives me power. And now I can declare that if therefore the son uh, shall make you free. He, you are free indeed. Is there anybody in here that's glad to be free this morning? The reason why the depression didn't kill you is because Jesus made you free. The reason why the lies didn't take you out is because Jesus made you free. The reason why you're not gripped by fear anymore is because Jesus made you free. John declared that fear has torment. 
You remember being tormented by the sins of your past? Do you remember being tormented by what you have done since you've been saved? Do you remember not feeling strong enough? Do you remember not feeling adequate? Do you remember feeling like you were a mess? But I want to remind you this morning, God sent me up here to Columbia to tell this church, you ain't got to worry about it no more because if the sun shall make you free, you are free indeed. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Somebody open your mouth and say, I'm free, I'm free. I'm free, I'm free. Praise the Lord, I'm free. No longer bow. No more chains holding me. My soul is resting. Ain't that a blessing? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah, I'm free. Hallelujah, I'm free. Hallelujah, I'm free. I'm free from fear. I don't have to be afraid anymore. I'm not going to lie. I refuse to live a saved life, Deacon Dobie, and be scared. I ain't going to do it. Fear will cause you to sabotage the very blessing that God gave you. How many of us have made shipwreck of blessings that God gave us because we operated in fear? Anybody ever done it before? God packaged this thing up and made it so beautiful for you. And then you let the devil trick you into being afraid. You prayed all your life for a spouse and the Lord sent you one. And you spent the first 10 years of your marriage scared they were going to leave you. Here you are, 30 years to your marriage, and you're still scared they're going to leave you. Buddy ain't going nowhere. Fear. You prayed for the job, and God finally gave it to you. And, but you're so uptight on the job because you're scared you're going to lose it. You're scared you're going to make a mistake. God gave you that job. Stop living in fear. Anybody here free from it today? Hallelujah. Let's all stand up for a word of prayer. Let's all stand up for a word of prayer. Because I came here today to curse the demon of fear. That's what I came to do. Because I know somebody in here is fighting with it. I know somebody is. I know I am. Can I say that? I'm not afraid to be vulnerable with the saints. I have my moments, D. I have my elder Taylor has his moments. Where I have to be a friend of mine begin to minister to me. And she told me, whom the sun sets free is free indeed. She kept saying it. She kept saying it over and over again until the Holy Ghost came into the room. You are free. Do you hear me? You are free. Do you hear me, sister? You are free. Go forth. That ministry God gave you, do it. You're free. That vision he gave you, write it. Make it plain. You're free. People are scared to retire because they don't know what's going to happen with their 401k or their pension. They're scared to do that. You're free. You a tither. The Lord going to take good care of you. Amen, saints. Is my degree going to be good enough? Am I going to be good enough? I know the vision that God gave me for the ministry. Am I going to be adequate enough to do it? Can I tell you something? You're not adequate enough to do it. But with God in you, he'll do it.
But what Jesus said, he said, the works that I do, I do not of my own. But my father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. Let's begin to pray. Father, in the name of Jesus. Right now. Satan, the Lord, rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Everyone in here that's struggling with fear, I command you to leave them alone right now. You will not bother them about this again. You will not, but they are free. And I stand in the authority of the Holy Ghost as an ordained elder in the Lord's church. I stand in the authority that has been given unto me. And I say, the Lord rebuke you in the name of Jesus. We parents are not going to go to bed anymore fearing whether their children are going to be alive in the morning. We're not doing that no more. They are in the hands of the Lord. Saints are not going to bed scared about whether their job's going to be there anymore. They are death in the hands of the Lord. God, we commit our fears into your hands right now. We commit our inadequacies into your hand right now. We commit our insecurities in your hand right now, God. You declared in the word, God, through the apostles. Peter, Lord, to cast all our cares upon you, for you cares for us. And you said in Matthew, come unto me, all ye that are labored and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. For everyone in here that's afraid of something, that's struggling with some kind of fear, Jesus has rest available for you. I speak, oh, hallelujah, I speak the rest of the Holy Ghost in this place, God. Let your Holy Ghost rest among us, God, and deliver us from fear, God. Don't let me walk in it. Don't let the saints walk in it. Don't let any of us be plagued by fear anymore. We're done with this one. Satan, if you're going to come, you got to come another way. We're done with this one. We believe you, and we stand on it, and we know it is done. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Now, if you believe it's done, come on, begin to praise God in here. Begin to praise God in here. We want to thank you for your support and tuning in. Thank you for your time. We love you and God bless you.